Tim Shorts, Jay Murphy here, Vanishing Tower Podcast, Vanishing Tower Blog, all things Vanishing Tower Press. Pay what you want. I like to put a price on my work, even if it's just a buck ninety-five for a PDF that includes a full game and an adventure. Uh, I think you need to charge for your work. One, it, you can see it is a good metric of validating your place in the marketplace. It gives you data. Um, and the quality of my work that I put out, I see reciprocal. It seems to track. I don't have any hard scientific data, but I think it's important to put um, a price on your work. Uh, don't do anything for free kind of mantra. Also, um, uh, impressions. What's it? Uh, featured impressions on RPG Now. You can buy that for a category. And I was wondering if you found that worth it. Thank you. Hey guys, Tim Shorts, Carthage Manor, Lunchtime Podcast. Uh, I thought I would do finally get around to doing some of the voicemails, getting them on an episode. I've had a lot of really good phone calls in, and I and I hate just having them sitting there gathering dust. So the first one I just heard was from uh, Jay Murphy, The Vanishing Tower. I hope it reappears here soon. And he was asking about page impressions. There's like feature page impressions, and then there's like category page impressions, which uh, are a little bit cheaper. I'll kind of recap what that means: is you acquire uh, publisher points at RPG Now, you get ten points for just being for existing, and then you get an additional point for every ten dollars worth of product that you sell during a calendar month. Then you can take those publisher points and spend them like currency to get page impressions so they're like little advertisements that appear on the page whether at the top or the bottom um the feature one means you get it on the main page and then the category one is when you get it on a like a subcategory the feature one is more expensive than the subcategory one and then there's also you can spend it on uh the uh what is it called product of the day where your product is featured uh rpg now advertises it sends out a mass email to everybody and usually it's you know anywhere from like i think 40 to 60 percent off or whatever you want to put it at and uh and jay asked me about the feature impressions my experience with that is it's i would save my points to do the product of the day i've never found the feature product page impressions or the um, category impressions to really increase sales. I think through the past 10 years, or not maybe not, it's been 10 years, I don't know how long it's been, but for the years that I've been doing it, the thousands and thousands of pages, pages impressions that I've purchased, I think I've only had one sale off of them because they give you the st- statistics off there, like how many times people click on them, um, and then how many purchases they're based off of those certain clicks. And I've got to say, uh, no, it's not worth it to me. I'd rather save up my points to do the product of the day. Now that saying that this is just from my experience, but I've only did product of the day once I did my starter adventures and it was very successful I, uh, for me. I sold like, I don't know. I can't remember exactly. It was like close to 75 units in one day, which is a massive amount for me. Um, so 
yeah, I would do that again. And I have, you know, and I only have that one time that it's happened, but it was such a significant difference that, yeah, I'd definitely go save your points for product of the day and set it up. So when it does hit, like I made sure Tankar knew about it so he could, uh, um, you know, put it on his or his uh, uh, blog, let some other people know about it to kind of pimp it up a little bit more to let, you know, so you have to do your work on top of it too. Just don't, don't let RPG now do all the work. You got to get your ass out on the street and hustle. So you got to do your part too. So thank you, Jay, for calling in. I much appreciate the call. Hey, Tim, this is Chuck with Playing It Wrong. Loved your Pay What You Want episode. I agree with you on every point, but I want to add one thing in since um, I kind of hit a rough patch in life, so it's been a couple of years since I put anything on drive-thru or RPG now. Um, note, I'm there under Magic Pick Media, a little self-plug there. But I also look at Pay What You Want as sort of like a Patreon, where here's a thing, donate you want, help keep the lights on on the blog, or producing more stuff, buying more stock art, all that other stuff. So... Thanks for the episode, and keep up the good work, man. That was a uh, message from Chuck from uh, Playing It Wrong. Very cool anchor cast on here. And yeah, it is kind of like a uh, Patreon, but I guess that's the way it's supposed to work. But my experience, it really doesn't. Um, I think I, it just depends on what you want your product to do. Like I said, I, I it does it does two things, but I don't think it does either thing very well. Like I said, get your money, get your you know, get your you know, pay for your work, and then also get your expand your email database. I mean, if you can combine those two, it's fantastic. But unfortunately, I think if when it falls in between like that, it just in my experience, it doesn't seem to work out. Uh, but some people have some great experience. And I think it was James Spawn who put, uh, I can't remember which one. It was one of his pay what you wants out there. And he, he still was able to get in the, in the top 10 bestseller stuff. So, and I, you know, some of us don't have the name of, uh, James there to, to get that kind of cred. And, uh, uh, but definitely it's definitely workable. And like I've, I said in the, the past one, and that's something I'll probably have to do a podcast about is once you put something out there, what do you do, you know, to kind of hustle to get your name out there? It's tough. Self-promotion sucks. It really does. Because I'm not much of a self-promotion guy. I like putting it out there and I try to, you know, send out a few freebies to folks that I know that'll just kind of advertise it a little bit for me and get it out there. But do I kind of go into chat rooms and forums and different blogs and try to put my stuff. I don't like to be intrusive. I really don't. And, uh, even though I know a lot of people would be like, Hey, cool. You know, yeah, sure. Tim, put your thing here. I, I just, sometimes when I'm doing it from, I can do it for somebody else, but doing it for myself is, is difficult. So, uh, I want to thank Chuck again for calling in and let's see who's next. Hi Tim, it's Colin. Awesome episode uh, intro you did there, uh, showing off your sound editing talents. Uh, yeah, really impressed, and uh, you kind of scared me, mate. So <laughs> I guess it's a season to be scared in. Um, yeah, well done. Catch you later. 
Wouldn't be an episode without Colin calling in. Absolutely. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, it was fun to do. I had uh, some extra time during the day. And uh, I actually did that one at my computer instead of in my car driving around. So I got to actually use my... It's not... It, the funny thing is, is the, the program that I use isn't even a audio program. It's Filmoria. But it has an audio tra you know, option where you can record on it. And I find it so easy to edit on there that I use that one more uh, than Audacity. Uh, it's got a very simple, and that's the way I like it, very simple uh, audio, I don't know what you would call it. I can change the tone of my voice one way or another. I can speed it up, slow it down. Uh, who knows? I just, I, <laughs> it's a little toy I mess around with and... So uh, I saw it there, and I thought, oh, let's let's have some fun with this. Throw in some music in the background. You can do the music stuff and uh, add it like almost like a soundtrack to a movie. Only it's just a MP3 track. So it's it's it, it's a pretty good program, and I I like using it a lot. So um, thanks, Colin, for calling in. Appreciate the the kind words as always. And hey, I'm sending out your uh, little present here today. So hopefully you'll get that soon. So you and your boy will have a little book you can look through together. Hi Tim, it's Darren Green here. Um, I've called into your show before, but it seems that Anchor's eating those calls, so um, hopefully third time lucky. Um, just calling in to say, really enjoy your show, been listening to all of them now, caught up, and uh, just listened to the Critical Hits last podcast. Um, I really like the critical hits idea. I think it just adds something to the game, a little bit more um, surprise when one comes up or uh, dread if it's against the players, I guess. Um, I think it adds a bit to the tension. So um, we always use the critical hits in various methods. We're playing 5e, so it tends to be an extra dice rather than a double damage. Um, regarding the fumbles or the ones, it's not something we use in our game system. But, um, yeah, keep up the good work. Uh, just wanted to call in and say... Uh... And that was Darren Green, a.k.a. Colin's brother, a.k.a. now Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. So thanks for calling in, Darren. Yeah, I didn't get any other your phone calls until this last one, so I was glad to hear from you. Critical Hits, I do enjoy them, so that's why I put them in game. And I do it in a way where... Like I, I mentioned, the real simple system of it is the players can either, they have the choice, a strategic choice of whether they roll the die once and double it or they roll two dice. Up to them. I don't care. Um, and then the other thing is, is if the monsters get their hit, they just do max damage, which they could do on a normal hit. But um, So in a way, it gives the players a slight advantage, but it also gets an emotional reaction during game when that 20 rolls because otherwise if you don't do them then rolling a 20 is just like rolling an 18 that sucks i don't know i, I like to have that little chance you know if you want to play eric sissy game you know where he doesn't do it that's right eric i'm calling you out <laughs> um but uh it just adds that element of excitement to the game with with the dice rolls and what could happen and a, and a critical could turn the battle which is i think pretty cool now, I also deal with critical fumbles, too, but I do it in a different way. I'll do a different uh, podcast on that one. It's a lot less 
elaborate um, than you might think. Um, but uh, I do take it into consideration too for the same reason. As much as is a uh, critical, critical success elicits cheers and and that, I got to say, when I, <laughs> I am a thrower of ones. I am notorious of doing that. Um, and it's kind of funny because after a while, it's just, it gets ridiculous with me. It, it really does. Um, but, uh, the, uh, the one, when the ones come up, it's fun. It's almost, you know, remember those Star Wars, those bad Star Wars movies where they kept on dropping the lightsaber? Well, it added a little bit of an element. Trust, the movies weren't that great to begin with, but when they kept dropping their lightsaber, uh-oh, now I got to do this. Now I got to figure something out. It's not just pulling out my sword and whacking away or lightsaber whacking away. Now I got to hold, figure out a whole different strategy in this. Um, so that's why I like critical fumbles. But like I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a little bit more. I'm going to do a, a short podcast about that here in the near, near future. It's on my list. So, and again, Darren, thanks for calling in. Hey, Tim, Eric Salzwittel here. I'm just responding to your question about what people are reading. Um, when I got into gaming, it's probably 1991. I was about 11 years old. Um, Appendix N, I never really knew what Appendix N was until really recently. Um, so those aren't books that I read growing up. Um, the books I read growing up that really have kind of shaped and molded what I think of gaming are um, Dragonlance, um, the uh, David Eddings, the Malorian, and the uh, Belgariad. And then probably the most influential for me would be Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Um, that's a book series I've followed really closely. And, um, yeah, that's, those are the type of books I've read and kind of what inspire me. Lately, I haven't read as much. Um, I've been focused more on, like, game books and different things like that. But, uh, anyway, it's a really interesting topic, and uh, good luck, man. Oh, it was Eric from, let's see, the Omega 3D Chicken Coop podcast here on Anchor. Um, uh, interesting podcast. I think he's got one or two episodes out right now. I'm kind of behind on listening. I kind of took a break over the weekend and chilled out with the wife and did some, some, uh, actually decorating for Halloween. Cause to us, it's not just a October thing. It's a season. So we definitely enjoy ourselves reading that. I mean, what you read, like your Dragonlance was something that was pretty influential for me. I think I was in, I think it was in junior high when that came out. It was actually the first book I actually looked forward to. Like, I remember getting the ad in a Dragon magazine, and I hung it up on my door and waited for it to come out, and I bought it the day it came out. The day it came out. It was like, you know, almost like in the days where I used to wait for, like, album releases and stuff. So it was really interesting to wait for that, and I loved it. I really did enjoy reading through the Dragon Lance, and I got to read it as it came out, so that was really nice. And then that Wheel of Time, well, good for you, man. That's an investment. Holy shit. Uh, my one good friend, Dwayne, he was big into the Wheel of Time. I've never read them. Um, he couldn't speak enough about them. He really did like them. And when you... I don't know if anybody's seen a stack of what a Wheel of Time book or series looks like, but you're talking about, you know, metric tonnage of reading. It is massive 
So, uh, I mean, anybody who, get, anybody who can read through that has to be a fan because it's, it's not like you can casually read that thing. It is just, just, it makes Lord of the Rings look like, you know, well, and content wise, like quantity wise is, it just looks like a kindergarten compared to the, the massive stuff like this. And I'm not, I don't want to hear any crap about the quality, whatever, whatever. I'm just uh, talking about the page count because there's a lot to it. So. But uh, Eric has another called in again, and so I want to grab that one. Thanks again, Eric, for calling in. Appreciate it. Love the new podcast. Keep going, bud. Hey, Tim. Eric Salzwittle here. Um, based on one of your recent podcasts, it sounds like you're a, a late-night person like I am. Um, I'm in the central time zone. Usually don't head to bed until around 11. So if you're ever interested in uh, doing some playtesting or even one-on-one gaming, I used to do that a lot, too. Um, I'd be totally down for it. Um, I'm usually available after 8.30 Central Time. Anyway, uh, take it easy. Let me know if you're interested in something like that. Eric, thanks so much for the offer. I might uh, call you up on that. Uh, I'm in the Eastern Central Time, and I try to get off the gaming circuit before 10. That's sort of my rule so the wife and I can get the because I like I said I'm lousy sleeper to begin with and keeping her up any later is just it's so I try to get the get there earlier but I like that idea so I might call you up on it because the nice thing is is I haven't gamed with you before so when you're coming to my stuff it'll be completely free of uh knowledge of what the hell I'm doing most of the time and sometimes I go into that that way too I have no idea what the hell I'm doing but thank you Eric for calling in my man hey Tim this is Larry with follow me and die thanks for the shout out uh there's a delay on my pdf because it's the first one I've ever published being a unknown publisher there's a one to five day waiting period before they'll approve it so uh and I believe the second pdf or so we'll have the same deal and if nobody buys it that makes it take longer so hopefully once the first one gets going and people download it and so forth uh, the following ones won't be delayed Um, I was all set and ready to go I've got a podcast all set a blog article and uh, so forth and uh, I hit submit on the PDF, and when it didn't go through, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, so I'm in a holding pattern. So hopefully in the next few days. Thanks. That was Larry Hamilton of Follow Me and Die. You do not have to wait for his PDF. I think in the last episode, I kind of talked about it a little bit. Locks, vaults, and hiding places. You can get it on RPG Now for the pay what you want. That's what kind of inspired the idea. Uh... And I didn't know about that waiting time. I don't remember, because I remember when I submitted mine many years ago, I didn't have to do that. So that was that's kind of something new. Um, and that's something I kind of want to do for, I want to do like maybe kind of a series of podcasts for maybe publishers coming into the, uh, you know, this, I don't know what you call it, the, coming into the gaming. I don't know. Coming into RPG Now, wanting to get into OSR get some of their stuff published because it's fun. It's freaking fun, man. There's no reason not to. And any, and I don't know if I said this before, but there's some people out there that get a little irritated about someone making money on 
you know, for their gaming stuff and publishing stuff, don't fucking listen to them, please. If you want to do something like that, please do it. It's fun. And like I said, most of the money I make gets reinvested back in the community anyways. It allows me to buy more gaming books. I just ended up buying... Um, well, I bought Larry's recently, and I bought uh, um, Howard's Adventure from 2016. And I can't remember the name of it because I don't have it in front of me right now. But... Uh, uh, oh, the, the compilation of the four, first four Black Puddings by James V. West. I mean, if you've seen his zines, guys, does all the artwork, does all the writing. It's just, it's just fun. I mean, the whole thing exudes the character classes, the writing, the just generally, general gonzo, weirdness, fun. I mean, from top to bottom, back to front, it's fun. So I can't I can't say enough about it. And his artwork is just this real kitschy kind of fun stuff that I, I really do enjoy. And he is a cool dude on top of it. So not only are you getting a cool item and a cool stuff and all that good to other stuff, you're you're actually supporting a really cool dude on top of it. So all right. So let's see here. Next, let's see who's next up. Morning, Tim. It's Howard from Goblin Stompcast. I just checking in. I just read, read, listened to you. Or you're talking about reading. Listen to your last uh, cast about coming to books on the back end of having gamed. I always find that fascinating. Those who have found gaming after having, you know, a, a time, a, a good chunk of time in in reading, uh, not always the appendix and stuff, but just having read and then moving into role-playing. And then those who reverse that and find it on the flip side. And I know a lot of guys that I game with are just now discovering works that I had been reading in sixth grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, etc. So, uh, yeah, and shorter works like Thieves' World. Oh, my God, I love Thieves' World so much. And, you know, I don't know, that's its own podcast. But, uh, yeah, absolutely agreeing 100% that... Um, it's a phenomenal world and, and it has its own character. Hey Howard, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I don't know how unique my, my, uh, situation was, but yeah, like I said, when I was younger, didn't read anything, didn't like reading, wasn't interested in reading. And it wasn't until gaming got me interested into, into it because I wanted to read about what was like, what other people were maybe other fantasy worlds and other, you know, so it got me enough interest that I got my, my, uh, got my foot in the door with reading fantasy stuff. And then I had the, unu <laughs> the unusual jump though. I, I, I kind of went from reading Dragonlance and Thieves World, the myth series of which I absolutely loved, uh, trying to think what other, some of my other favorites were at the time. Uh, like Amber, I enjoyed them, but I kind of did this weird jump where I basically went from these fantasy things to uh, Dostoevsky. <laughs> it just one time I found I found the uh, short stories of uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky on the, and I might be slaughtering his name, but uh, it was it was an interesting. And when I say I started reading, yeah. I started reading a lot of the classical work. So then I started reading every freaking thing I could get my hands on. I mean, I was, I consumed books like crazy there for, especially in my twenties and early thirties. Uh, and, 
I never looked back. I mean, today I, I, I definitely have slowed down with my reading, but I still read a lot. It's just a lot of gaming books now because just that's what I enjoy. And now, But I do, at night we're reading fiction. I, right now I'm rereading um, Something Wicked This Way Comes by Bradbury, which is, you know, a classic that you can't go wrong with. Uh, read the book. And the movie's actually pretty stellar itself. So, But, uh, Howard, thank you for calling in, my man. appreciate it. And I thought I'd save the best for last. My lovely wife, Happy Whisk, a.k.a. Ivy. Or should that be the other way around? Although on internet land, it's more the other way around. So, guys, she hasn't done a podcast yet. So if you're following the Happy Whisk, I think you can still call in to her and message her and ask her where her first episode is. Because as far as I know, she hasn't done it yet. So... Give her a prod, a poke, a noogie, whatever it takes to, to get her to do that first podcast. Because apparently it uh, didn't work for me asking her about it and stuff. So maybe if we get a bunch of you doing it, that, that, that'll help. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm signing out for the day. I want to thank everybody who called in. There's still a few more that I wanted to get through, but uh, I didn't want to make the podcast too long today. And some of the topics I think that are going to be coming up here is I wanted to do a episode about one-on-one gaming, uh, especially goes out for Colin. Sorry for all the alerts that are coming through here. And, uh, and then also the critical failures one is one I've been thinking about. And then unique, unique monsters. That's another one I've been thinking about recently with my campaign. And then I guess another one would be, I want to do one on how you tie characters together when you're doing a campaign, especially a one-on-one campaign. So thanks for listening, guys. I do appreciate all the things. My last episode got like, I think it's close to 70 hits. It's not tank car numbers, but hey, I, I, I do appreciate it. I mean, we're talking about within, I think it was two days, got close to 70 hits, if not more. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope you guys call some more, some input, uh, and uh, we can have this conversation. And some of you I'm going to be contacting about maybe doing some podcasts together because I think there are some topics in there, especially what I was talking about, the publishing part, that would be not only interesting but helpful. So, all right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Roll better than me.